Welcome to the Classroom Commute Podcast, a podcast for elementary teachers who want to feel inspired each week on your ride into school. I'm your host, Rachel, and my goal is to give you simple and actionable 21st century teaching strategies that you can take into your classroom to spark the love of learning in your students. You are already amazing, and together we're going places. Thanks for taking me along for the ride. Hey, hey, welcome to episode 92 of the Classroom Commute Podcast. I can't believe we are already in the 90s. Before we know it, we will be hitting that 100 podcast episode mark, and I am so excited. If you have been with me since episode one, thank you so much for joining me this whole time. And if you are just finding me and just joining me here on the podcast, I am equally as thrilled that you have found your way to my little corner of the podcasting world. We have covered so many topics here on the Classroom Commute podcast from how to teach reading and writing in your classroom to behavior management and classroom management to building classroom communities and so much more. And today we are going to talk about something that I really haven't talked about a lot here on the podcast, which is really surprising because I loved using these in my classroom and that is interactive notebooks. Now, interactive notebooks are nothing new to the educational world, and I was using them 10 plus years ago, but they have certainly evolved so much over the years as teachers have started to use them more with their students, they've gotten more creative, and they have even been transformed into digital versions, which is really exciting to see. So I wanna talk a little bit today, if you are brand new to interactive notebooks, or if you've been using them and you just feel like they aren't quite going as smoothly as you would like them to be going in your classroom, This episode is hopefully going to give you some helpful pointers and tips for how to make interactive notebooks a great tool for your students. And if you haven't started interactive notebooks with your students, perhaps you're nervous to do so because you hear teachers talk about how they take up so much instructional time or that they're just chaotic and not worth the effort. Well, stick around because I'm going to give you some tips for making them a success in your classroom. Now, you know me, if you've been around for 100 episodes or even just a fraction of those, you know that I like to make sure that we're all on the same page before we get started so that as I start talking about whatever the topic is of the day, we're all starting with that foundation knowledge. So let's start at the basics and go right down to ground zero with what are interactive notebooks. I never like to assume any knowledge, so before we go too far into it, I want to make sure that we all have the same working definition. Interactive notebooks, they really come in all shapes and sizes, but essentially interactive notebooks are spiral notebooks. Sometimes teachers use composition notebooks where students can organize their notes and their thoughts on a particular topic. Now, traditionally, interactive notebooks were organized in such a way that on the right side of the notebook, it had information given by the teacher. So these are your notes, your discussions or handouts. And on the left-hand side, students would personalize that information given to them by the teacher in whatever made sense to them. So that might come in the form of a drawing or a cartoon or a personalized wording of a vocabulary word that they've just learned. And that form of an interactive notebook was more common in the upper grades, you know, the upper middle school and into high school. But as interactive notebooks have kind of trickled their way down into the elementary level, you find that interactive notebooks don't always follow that right side, left side rule, although some do and they work great. But now interactive notebooks have kind of evolved into whatever the teacher wants it to be. It could be anything. And they come, like I said, in all shapes and sizes. Now students often glue in note sheets or foldables or timelines or vocabulary flaps into their interactive notebooks rather than writing or drawing everything. There's more of a template that they work from. 
And these interactive notebooks take on a variety of looks depending on the age level or the abilities or the needs of their students. Many teachers use interactive notebooks for all subjects while only use it for one or two. And it just depends on what works best for your classroom. Some interactive notebooks are really elaborate with all sorts of elaborate cutouts and things that are glued into the notebook itself, while others are just more simple and less time consuming as far as that's concerned. And it really is just a preference on what you prefer to do in your classroom. And although Pinterest may want you to think otherwise, the elements of your students' notebooks do not need to be fancy or overly creative or crazy complicated. The notebook is really just a way for students to express what they're learning in a more authentic and hands-on way. And of course, if you go to Pinterest and you type in interactive notebook, you'll get tons of ideas of what these look like, and then you can kind of tweak it to what you want yours to look like. All right, now that we have the same understanding of what an interactive notebook is, let's get into the nitty gritty of some of the things that you need to make them successful in your classroom. Let's first talk about what materials you're gonna need. So to set up your interactive notebooks, you'll need, like I mentioned, either a spiral or a composition notebook. Now again, this is completely your preference. Many teachers prefer the composition notebook because they find that the spiraling of a spiral notebook often gets bent or caught on things and it just starts to get a little messy as the year goes on, whereas a composition notebook is a little bit more sturdy. So again, it's totally up to you. You also need to have glue on hand. Now, many people think that a glue stick is a lot easier to use. It's not as messy. However, it doesn't last as long. The adhesiveness that comes from a glue stick doesn't last as long. As the year goes on, it starts to kind of crack and the pages will lift up away. The, the things that you've glued down onto the notebook will start to lift up away from the notebook itself. So Many teachers have found, and I know this was the case for me, that using the white glue is a lot more durable as the year goes on. So consider using your Elmer's glue instead of the glue stick. Of course, you're gonna need scissors, crayons, or colored pencils. I would not recommend markers because as you know, markers bleed through the pages, and so a student could be working really hard on a page for your, their interactive notebook only to find that it bled through onto the other side where you can't read any of the writing that's on that side. So crayons or colored pencils are best. And I would also suggest that you have these materials readily available and you come up with an organization system for them. So you might have your students keep their interactive notebooks in their desk. If you are using them for multiple subjects, this may not be ideal because of course they're gonna take up a lot of space. So maybe you'll have an area in your classroom where you keep all of your social studies interactive notebooks and another area where they keep all their science ones or whatever you're using them for. Have a designated space where students keep them. You can also have baskets and bins ready to go. Maybe you can get some of those little caddies for if table desks, if you have table desks where you have glue and scissors and crayons and colored pencils all right in there for them. That way, when you're ready to do your interactive notebook pages for whatever you're working on, you can just get your materials ready to go. Now let's focus on the content that goes in the interactive notebook itself. As with anything that you're teaching, you gotta start with the standards and the scope and sequence or curriculum map that you're using for what you're teaching. It is not suggested that you design the elements of your interactive notebook as you go through each unit. Instead, use the standards from your scope and sequence outlines to plan out your pages of your interactive notebook before you start teaching that unit. That way you know exactly what the completed interactive notebook section for that unit is going to look like. 
Planning ahead is going to help your interactive notebooks to be more streamlined, have a more cohesive look, and will help you plan out a variety of interactive notebook cutouts and elements. So you're not gonna be flying by the seat of your pants. Now, when it comes to setting up the routines and procedures of your interactive notebook, here's what I suggest. When I used interactive notebooks for the first time in my class, it was chaotic to say the least. So learn from my mistakes. Take the time to teach and reteach and practice and practice some more. Not just the information that's going into the interactive notebook, but how they will actually use the interactive notebook itself. So you're going to want to spend a lot of time at the start of the school year or whenever it is that you're beginning interactive notebooks with your students, setting up routines and procedures. So here are some routines and procedures that you'll want to cover. Like I mentioned before, designate a specific area in your classroom where the interactive notebooks and the materials are going to be kept. Teach students how you want them to get their notebooks and the materials each time you need them. You might consider storing them, like I mentioned, in baskets or organized by student groups. And maybe you teach them that one student from each group is going to go and get the notebooks and the materials needed for that day. Another routine and procedure as elementary as it sounds, as primary as it sounds, is to teach students how to apply the glue. We often think that this is something that kids are taught in kindergarten, but since students are going to be using their interactive notebooks a lot and using a lot of glue, it's going to be important that it's done properly so that you don't end up with a mess. So you want to teach them how to apply the glue so that they don't end up with this soppy notebook where the pages are all sticking together. And just model it for them. I know that sounds silly at the third, fourth, and fifth grade level, but just show students exactly what your expectation is so there's no confusion later on. Another routine and procedure that you're going to want to work out is how you're going to be giving your students a grade or assessing their interactive notebooks. Many teachers will complete a rubric at the end of each unit and they put it in the interactive notebook to give students for a grade for that particular portion. And if you want to snag my interactive notebook rubric, I will link it up in the show notes at classroomnook.com forward slash podcast forward slash 92. It's just a free download that you can get in our members resource library and I will link to it in the show notes. But this interactive notebook rubric covers some of the components that you're going to be grading your students on. So things like neatness and organization, the accuracy of the content, making sure that all of the elements, the cutouts and the things that they've glued into the interactive notebook are there and complete. So I think it's super important that you go over this rubric with the students, read through all of the elements of the rubric with them so that they know the expectations and there aren't any surprises when they go to receive their assessment or their grade for their interactive notebook. And along those same lines, one of the other routines and procedures that you want to get in the habit of doing is expressing your expectations for the quality of student work. You want to be sure that your students are aware of what you consider to be quality work when it comes to their interactive notebook. So by going over the grading procedures and going over the rubric with them will help with this. Since students will be drawing and coloring often in their notebook, you will need to model for students your expectations for how much time and effort they need to be putting into their interactive notebook. You also want to be clear with students on how to arrange the elements on the page to make the most of the space. So you might need to do this often as they're putting things into their notebook. If it's something that they put into their notebook often, like say a vocabulary flap, and that's something that you've used over and over, once you teach it to them once, then they can kind of do it on their own. But if you are introducing a new element or a new type of cutout, you're going to have to go over that procedure with them to how to arrange it on their page in a way that makes the most sense. 
And the last routine or procedure that I suggest that you go over with your students are your expectations for how to clean up after working in an interactive notebook. So giving clear instructions on things like when should students throw away the scraps? Do you want them to get up as they're working? Do you want to have them do it all at once at the end? Do you want to have one student in the table group do it for the whole group? That's up to you. You might also want to give clear instructions on how you want your students to hand in their interactive notebook after each lesson. Or will every student put their materials away or will there be a group leader that is in charge of this? So these are just some things to consider. And if you want a little more information about how to effectively teach routines and procedures in your classroom, I will link to a blog post all about it where you can learn my step-by-step process for teaching routines and procedures. And that goes for any routines and procedures, but you can certainly apply it to interactive notebooks books specifically. The next set of tips are all around helping your students set up their interactive notebook. When you're ready to get started, there's a few things that you can do right away with your students to set them up for success all year. And the first thing is to number the pages. Have your students go through and number every single page in their notebook. Yes, every single page. Might I suggest that you do this orally with your students so that numbers don't get skipped. So I know you might teach fourth grade, you might even teach fifth grade, but they can easily miss a number and then that throws them off for the entire rest of their notebook. So just take the time right at the beginning and save your sanity and do it together as a class. You'll call out one, everyone writes one in the corner of the page, then they flip the page. Two, students write two, and so on. Remind students to be careful when turning pages so they don't stick together. Is it tedious? Yes. Is it helpful? Most definitely. They'll use these numbers in their table of contents, and we'll talk about that in a minute. And that'll allow your students to quickly reference a page in their notebook without having to flip through page after page after page. Speaking of table of contents, you're going to want to create a table of contents that they can glue right into their notebook. And it's just simply a table, a blank table that you'll create with columns where they can write the name of the interactive notebook piece or the whatever you want them to title that particular page and the number that it corresponds with in their interactive notebook. Now you can do it a couple of ways. You can have a table of contents that they glue at the very beginning of their interactive notebook for the entire subject. So if you have a science interactive notebook, you can have them glue a table of contents that then will include information about each unit Or you can have a table of contents for the beginning of each unit that then outlines the individual pages within that unit. Or you could do both. It's completely up to you. So just keep that in mind as you're planning ahead. You'll glue the table of contents for the entire notebook at the beginning of the interactive notebook. And if students are using the table of contents at the start of each unit, you'll have them just glue that in at the beginning pages where that unit begins. Here is another pro tip, one that I wish I would have thought of or been shown right when I started Interactive Notebooks. Have your students, or you if you want, write the names on the edges of their Interactive Notebook. So what I mean by that, if you squeeze the notebook really, really hard so that all the pages kind of form together, you can write their names on the edges of those pages. And here's why that's so important. You have 25 composition notebooks. They all look the same, but if you have them stacked somewhere, or even if you just pull one out and you turn it on its side, you can easily see the student's name without having to open it up or try to figure out whose it is. Here is another super great tip. Glue a large envelope on the back of the notebook for pieces that students still need to glue into their notebook. There will always, always be students who don't get all of their pieces glued in before your time is up. So save yourself a little headache by establishing this strategy for keeping unfinished pieces in this safe place. 
This will be especially helpful at the beginning of the year as students are getting the hang of it and getting used to doing the interactive notebook. If students have pieces that have yet to be cut out or they still need to be glued in, they can just store them in this little envelope or a little pouch and they won't end up on the floor or accidentally in the trash. Students can then complete that portion of the interactive notebook, maybe during a little free time that you have at the end of the day or whenever else you see fit for them to kind of catch up and finish their interactive notebook. Another great tip is to take a piece of ribbon that's the length of your notebook perhaps and tape one end of it on the back of your notebook so that they can then use it as a bookmark. So they'll just kind of fold it into the page where they left off. This will keep them from wasting precious time thumbing through their notebook to find the next page in their interactive notebook. Along those same lines, to help students find where they have left off or to find a particular unit in their notebook, you can have them glue little tabs on the sides of their notebook that they can then use to help find units or topics or concepts taught earlier in the year. And I have just a couple time-saving tips for you. You might choose to have students glue several days or even a week's worth of pages at one time. So let's say you've taught everything that you wanted to teach them that week, and then on Friday, maybe you have them do something as part of their morning work where you have them glue everything in. That way you're not doing it at the end of every lesson, but you're doing it at the end of the week as a way to not only get their interactive notebook put together, but to also review the concepts that you've learned throughout the week. Or on the flip side, on Monday morning, you might give them all the pieces that you're gonna be using that week and have them get it prepared ahead of time. So then as you teach throughout the week, all they have to do is maybe add in their notes or draw their pictures or images or whatever it is, but everything's already glued in so they don't have to take the time to do that. So again, you're just kind of like consolidating and batching the work, so to speak, in one sitting during morning work or at the end of the day or whenever fits best into your schedule so that it's either doing everything that they've learned throughout the week as a review or getting it set up for the week on Monday morning. You might also consider having them do the coloring at a different time too. Maybe this is something they can do at the end of the day while they're waiting for their bus or as everybody's returning to lunch and it's like a calming activity that everybody can do as you're settling into the afternoon. Or they can take it home if you want your students to be able to do that. So again, you can kind of get the main content done during your actual teaching time, during the time that you've allotted in your schedule for social studies or science or whatever. But then you can do some of the extras at different times of the day where you need a little filler activity. Coloring is a perfect thing to do during that time. Now, I know I threw a lot of information out at you on how to make interactive notebooks successful with your students, but hopefully you found a tip or two or more that you can use to make these successful in your classroom. But I want to leave you with one thought, and that is that interactive notebooks can definitely present their challenges when you're just starting out. But be patient with yourself and with your students because interactive notebooks can be really powerful in your classroom because they help students to really take ownership of their learning and they love seeing their final completed project at the end of the unit and even more so at the end of the year. And they become really proud of the work that they put into their notebook. So if you take on interactive notebooks, just remember to be patient with yourself. And as you go through the year and as you kind of solidify your routines and your procedures and get into the groove of it, I don't think you'll regret it. And be sure to grab your free interactive notebook student rubric. I will, again, I'll link to it in the show notes at classroomnook.com forward slash podcast forward slash 92. It's a free download and it's a generic one. So it works for any content area as far as interactive notebooks go. So you can use the same one over and over again. I also have some interactive notebooks over in my Teachers Pay Teachers store for several social studies and science topics. So you can check them out there. They are both printable and digital. 
The tips we talked about today are obviously mostly for the printable version, but if you are working virtually or even if you just want to save the paper and the time and the cutouts, you can also access them digitally as well. All right, that is all I have for you today. I hope you have a good start to your week and I will be back again next week with another episode. Bye for now.